Welcome to the SLP Stress Management Podcast, your place to manage stress, reduce the risk of burnout, and find more balance in and out of your life as an SLP. I'm your host, Jesse Andrix, and in today's episode, we will take a moment to practice what to do when we feel stress in the moment, how to move through it, and move forward. We're also going to take a pause to meditate when we just need to take a pause. And I'm going to share my reflections not on what I want to do better or change or things that didn't work, but my reflections on what did work and what went well for me in this school year and how I'm going to take that into the upcoming year. I'm so excited to share this with you, so let's dive right in. Welcome to your wellness tip for this week. So this is one I shared over on Instagram for the end of the school year, but it's really one that can help you whenever you're feeling stressed. And so beginning of the school year is also one of those times where the stress can just hit you. And this is a two-parter. It gives you something to do in the moment of stress to help you like feel better and move through it, but also something to do to move forward. So the first part is a breathing exercise. It's called, sometimes at yoga you'll hear it called Durga breathing or three-part breath. But it helps you to feel the breath in your body and get it steady. So bring your hands to your rib cage or one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest. I find rib cage is a really great place to feel this. And take a breath in down into the belly, rib cage, chest. So fill from the bottom up and feel how it expands as you breathe in and then breathe out chest, rib cage, belly, feeling them empty out. Take another breath in, fill up belly, rib cage, chest. And exhale, empty out chest, rib cage, belly. Take one more big breath in, filling up. And exhale. take a few more if you need to and just feel that expansion and compression as you breathe in and breathe out which allows you to kind of reset to grow calm from the body up into the brain and now after this take a moment to list three things that are working well for you so it could be within your work, wherever the stress is showing up, like in that setting, in that area of your work, or it could be that if you feel like nothing is going well there, three other parts of your life where, you know, or three other pieces where things are going well or that you consider to be working for you. So you may be struggling with, you know, your schedule and getting, you know, your caseload and all of that settled, but you've got some great therapy ideas. Your room is amazing and you feel that you work with a supportive team. So that type of thing. So take those breaths three to five and then find those three things that are working well for you to help you in that moment of stress to feel it, move it through from the brain to the body out and move forward. Let's take a moment to meditate. Find yourself 
wherever you are, really, for this one. So if you are listening to this and you're at work, you're at your desk, you're just walking somewhere, wherever you can, find a place that you can pause. And today that's what we're going to take. We are going to take a pause because when we are on the go and we are kind of you know, just busy, but sometimes we, you know, think of it as negative, but not even negative. Maybe we're just in the flow, we're back in the groove, and you have a lot that you are doing. Sometimes that go, 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 even when it's coming from a good place, can um, just start to wear you down, right? It can wear out your energy. So taking a pause to check in, to breathe, and to move on. So wherever you're at, seated, standing, just take a pause. Feel your feet connect down, or if you're sitting cross-legged, feel your bum connect down into your seat. If you're standing, just press down into your feet. Bring your hands maybe onto your lap or down by your sides. (sighs) Close your eyes if you can for a moment. Bring the focus within. And take a deep breath in through your nose. and exhale back out through the nose. And another breath in. And a steady breath out. Another breath in, maybe letting the breath get a little longer. And exhale out. Two more here. Breathe in. And breathe out. One more. Just breathe in. Breathe out. And allow your breathing pattern to just shift to its own rhythm. your feet or your bottom pressing down into the seat or into the floor. Feel the hands resting your lap or by your side. And that slight lift through the crown of the head. Feeling the breath move in and out. Know that just that tiniest pause can make all the difference. When you're ready, start to blink your eyes open and move forward with your day. Thank you so much for joining in this meditation practice today. The 2022-2023 school year was my first full year as an SLP in the schools even though I graduated in 2008. So it wasn't like I was brand new to working in the schools. I've worked in them before, um, either in teletherapy where I had a really great experience, but I felt like a little disconnected from the school itself. Um, I worked with virtual schools. And so even though sometimes I would have interactions with the teachers, like I wasn't a case manager, even when it was speech only, um, I was more connected with the families than with the actual school. And then when I worked in brick and mortar, I was just covering portions of school years. So I started halfway through a school year and then I left halfway through the next school year and I was in different places each time. 
So in both of these, I actually did feel a lot of stress, even in teletherapy, and it just didn't really feel connected in the way that I did this year. So that's not to say this year was perfect, because it wasn't. Um, I learned a lot. I made mistakes. And I have some things I want to like tweak and shift moving forward. So I've spent some time reflecting on these and on how to take it into the year ahead. And you can tune in to um, some of the previous podcast episodes where I kind of discuss some of the mistakes I made, some things I learned, and, um, you know, kind of some reflections. But I don't want the focus to always be on what I can shift or change or do better with or what you could shift or change or do better with because it is also amazing to reflect on what you learned and how you can grow from it, but also pretty darn amazing to stop and notice your strengths, what you did well, and what like totally flipped and worked for you. So in truth, there's a lot that I liked and that I want to keep doing. So my reflections of this year are that a lot of things actually did go kind of well for me. There were things that I really enjoyed and that I felt like actually worked. It's not something we hear ourselves say, right? Um, Very often. So I had a great place to work, one that welcomed helping people to thrive and to grow and was just a very positive place to be. I also had students who were like happy about being in speech, like they wanted to come to speech. And even the ones that sometimes didn't want to, they knew that it was okay to share about that and to talk about it and we could work through it together. And mostly it was thought of as a fun place, but also a safe place to be. And I enjoyed being there each day, which again, is not something that we hear much or talk about. So. That's not to say that like sometimes I wouldn't rather um, be, you know, chilling at home, but I wasn't dreading it or searching for any possible way to be anywhere but there, which is pretty new for me. And that's a big shift from my last two times working in the schools, both in person and in teletherapy. Um, You know, last time I worked in the school's brick and mortar, like I spent a lot of time looking for other jobs when I had downtime. Um, When I look back, it was the things that worked for me that helped me want to be there and to feel less stress and less overwhelmed. Again, it's not like there was no stress and no overwhelm, but there wasn't that sense of dread. So here are five things that worked for me as a school SLP or a few things that worked for me as a school SLP um, and things that went well. So the things that made a big difference and that I want to keep on doing. So one thing is that I ditched tables and plopped down on the floor. So I had the, I will say, I will say I had a beautiful room and have a beautiful room. Um, And I have the luxury of having space which not everyone can do. But because of that, I had some different kind of areas and stations. So I had like, well, when I first took over the room, there were tables everywhere. I took out um, most of them. I have my desk and then I have um, like a few stations. So 
I had one that was like the horseshoe table, you know, like our, our therapy tables, the horseshoe shaped one that you sit behind and then your group sits in front of. Um, and for those, I actually had a few seats and they were actually wobble seats. So that was a little bit different. Um, and then there was another table that was a square table and it just had four seats around it. I also had a rug in the middle of my room with a few throw pillows and like this little shag circle rug. And um, this is where the majority of the sessions were held. So not in the seats at the table, not even in the wobble seats, although sometimes we would pull those over to the rug um, if a student just wanted to use them or from time to time, like if there was a game where it was just easier to be up a little higher, but we still wanted to be in the middle of the room. The students were allowed to like sit or lay down while they were playing games and doing the work as long as it didn't distract them from participating more than it helped them. So I had one or two groups who, you know, honestly preferred sitting at the table and you know, we, we would say, where would you like to sit? And they would say, we'd like to sit at the table. So we would do it. It wasn't like you had to sit on the floor. Um, but when we could, we would sit on the floor. We could kick off our shoes if we wanted. We could just kind of ease into the space and, um, you know, wiggle around if they needed to, whatever it was. And then I did use the horseshoe table for evals. Um, but not really very many of my sessions. And so that was something that really worked and that I wanna keep doing. I really liked having that space where we could just like sit down, bring our game to the floor and, and have as much space as we needed around us. Another thing that I felt worked for me was using the materials that they, the students or teachers were using. This was for the preschool classes and some of the special ed classes that I would push into. So if I pushed into a teacher's class, I would just use what the teacher was already using. So whatever items they were using or had on hand um, for that time, that's what I would use. So most of the time that looked like using whatever materials were at like the station that or the you know, was going on in the classroom um, when I went in. So sometimes they would be doing, um, you know, like morning meeting or circle time type stuff. And so I would just, you know, decide which students I was going to be working with and go sit with them. And like, that was such a big language part of the day. But then there were times where maybe they were at different stations, like they were doing their centers or, um, moving to different like parts for if it was language arts or science or whatever it was. Um, and so whatever they were moving to, sometimes I, you know, setting up my schedule, I would know either which students I was going to work with or which station would be the easier one to like have a, like a speech and language activity at. And so I would just use what was there. If they were, you know, working with a certain book or if it was a certain, you know, if we were doing some sensory stuff, whatever it was, we would do what they had out and use that. And with preschool, you know, a lot of it is play anyway, and it's just different types of play. So I would just be wherever my students were going to be or say, Hey, these are the students I'm going to see. Let's go to this center and use that today. And, um, it just made it easier. I didn't have to carry my own materials. I didn't have to worry about like, do I have anything for us to use today? And um, it went along with what they were doing because it was what they were doing, right? So it was like, not just that, oh, this can help with what you're doing in the class, but it was what they were doing in the class. And so it wasn't ideal. It wasn't perfect. Sometimes it was a lot harder than other times, but it was like realistic and it worked. 
Another thing that I really liked was to use word lists with the games instead of flashcards. I do love flashcards. So I really do. I love flashcards. Um, I don't know a school speech therapist that doesn't love flashcards, you know, or that doesn't at least like have them and use them. And so the school I'm at has a ton, but they, um, most of them are not in my speech room. And um, sometimes I just didn't want to use them, you know? Um, So while yes, they are great, it was also pretty fun to have the students help me to come up with the target words to work on and just have a word list that we wrote down together. And um, we would use a like a, a whiteboard and just write them down on that and those would be the words for the activity. So they would know what was coming up and um, we would use that, you know, for it. And it helped them to feel more excited about using the words. And then we would, you know, we'd be like, oh, these are the words, you know, these are the ones for you today. This is what we're going to do. Like, oh, this is this really fun one sometimes that would come up with. And for one, we would use it sometimes as the main part of the activity. You know, maybe it was like we were, you know, going to play a game where we were using the words, but sometimes it was where we were going to drill through them, right? Or, you know, use them in a specific way and then do a fun game that wasn't exactly related. Um, but either way, it was like using the flashcards that you would flip before each person's turn, but having a word list instead that they helped create. And again, I, I worked with older students for this part. I also didn't have to go hunt down a pack of flashcards that had the exact sound that I needed for that day and make it work because we could just make the list of words ourselves. Another thing was having that community and connection. So I've mentioned this before in one of the previous episodes that connection made such a difference. It was how I connected with coworkers, but also with my students. So, and this is not like, oh, I was so good at this and I just did everything so great. Just, I made sure to somehow connect with my students um, to, you know, smile at them in the hallway, give them high fives if they were high five type of kids. Like some students, if they, you know, I had windows um, like around my door. So if they were walking down the hall and saw that I was in there, they could wave and I would wave. Or if they wanted to come in and say hi, like that was okay. Um, and, but like another thing is that we, I didn't, have them have the expectation that I expected them to be perfect or that I was going to fix them. That it was more about like being able to make mistakes and to learn and to grow and having that kind of mindset. So we had these like foundations. I didn't want to call it rules. We had foundations for the speech room kind of listed like in a poster on the wall that I made. And it was things like, you know, we, um, we have a good time. We respect ourselves. We respect others. We make mistakes. We learn. We grow. Um, just kind of some positive mantras to have. And um, we'd refer to it if we needed. You know, if there was a day where somebody really was not being very respectful, we'd say, hey, remember in our speech room, we're respectful of others and it's okay to make mistakes. Um, and really, everyone is different in here, but it was kind of just this vibe that, like, they were part of team speech. And um, if they came to my room and if I went to their room, I was part of their team. And so that is something I want to continue to work with. The other thing was that um, I had mindfulness mixed in with my way of doing speech therapy. So 
and I think this works really well, but it's not necessarily what you might think or what somebody might, maybe not you, but like someone might think of when you hear um, mindfulness in speech therapy. I absolutely did not do like a straight up yoga class or a meditation or like some like, you know, deep breathing type of thing for the speech session. Um, there was not a single yoga pose that we did, although I do have a game that we could use if it was appropriate, right? It was not taking yoga class and then twisting that into becoming a speech class. It was more like infusing some of the principles of mindfulness into the classroom and the activities, um, like having them have like a more mindful awareness, which is exactly what um, mindfulness in your speech room, the course that is coming out soon is all about. So I would use some tools, something like deep breathing sometimes if needed, especially on days where I noticed that like attention or focus was um, not there or the students were like really um, like energetic to where they were losing control, we would let's say, okay, let's do this like breathing or something, just pause for a moment. And we kind of looked at it as that, let's pause to regain our focus on what we're doing here. I also would have, you know, like an area in my room if someone was feeling overwhelmed from speech or before they came to speech, you know, if there was just something overwhelming that day and they needed to pause before they joined in, like they could go pause. Or if somebody needed like a fidget or a sensory item, they could go grab those things. And, um, you know, this was just kind of some things that they knew when they came in. and really these are mindfulness things. Um, and then again, we referenced the the foundations and the mottos that are based around like that growth mindset. So um, these I felt worked really well to just create the atmosphere of the class. And I'm really excited to bring even more of this into my room in the upcoming school year. So it is really easy to look at what you need to do better or to change or even just shifting because you learned something, right? But it's also important to look at what worked for you and what went well so that you can continue to use it and it doesn't get lost in fixing all of these other things. So to not just let it get pushed aside, but to help recognize that yes, you are the SLP and you did some really awesome things and worked with some amazing humans. And the work is so worth it. So I would love to know what went well for you this last year or what went well that you are going to continue to incorporate in the upcoming year. You can share in the comments over on the blog, email jesse at jessieandrix.com or send me a DM over on Instagram at jessieandrix. And if you want to bring more mindfulness to your class or speech room in the upcoming year, make sure to sign up for the waitlist and be the first to know when my new course, Mindfulness in Your Speech Room, opens. Plus, you'll snag an exclusive discount on enrollment. So click below, enter your email, and confirm your sign up for all the details. And thank you so much for being here today. Love and light to you.